Yo. Happy Thanksgiving. Oh, is this Thanksgiving right now? Tomorrow's Thanksgiving. Sweet. Yeah. How's your Thanksgiving going to be tomorrow? Uh, so, like it's, like I said before, we have um, Marianne's dad with us with heart stuff, and so he's on low salt, low fat, low carb. Um, Are you hosting then? Well, so originally, like we we canceled Thanksgiving, like going over to the family and everything. Uh, and so like we were going to have our own thing, which we're still going to have our own thing. But then Marianne was like, you know, screw it. It's Thanksgiving. You know, if he wants to eat whatever, he can eat whatever for a day. So what was going to be the alternative? Oh, yeah. We were going to do our own, but now we're going to do, I'm going to have three Thanksgivings probably. I'm going to have mom Thanksgiving on Thursday. Mm -hmm. Uh, our house Thanksgiving on Friday. Okay, so mom Thanksgiving, you stepdad, cousins, grandma, uh, mom, mom. It's mom, stepdad, stepdad's uh, kid and grandkids that live here, and uh, us. How that's like extra in law e to me. What how are mean? they? How are they? how's that? What do you mean? The step parent. So that would be your step siblings. It's weird that you. Well, have it's a, just step brother. My step sister lives step, in uh, Las Vegas. So you didn't have a step sibling until you're in your thirties. I don't think that's the same thing. Yeah. Like that's not the same thing. Well, like, I was, yeah, I was twenty six. Okay. Point being, it's not the same thing as like a step brother. No, I guess I, I literally was thirty. I was twenty six when they met. But it's not the same thing. No, like, it's not at all. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> like, there's no degree of like, we're brothers. Well, stepbrothers. Right. No, this is just a dude that you, it's the equivalent of my brother-in-law. Mm-hmm. Really, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. He's just a guy that I see sometimes. Yeah. And Which, we both kind of feign like, hey, what's going on? Still at that job? Yeah. Which is cool. The weirdest thing because like the you have less in common with him than any of your friends or coworkers. Right. And the only time you see them is on the very important days. <laughs> like that is weird, right? Basically, yeah. It's, it's weird. Like uh my stepdad recently retired, so like I saw him then and you know his family, his wife and and kids. Uh and you know I'll see them at Thanksgiving. I'll see them at Christmas. That's it. It's weird. (laughs) And not just yours, just like my, yeah, like my brother-in-law and stuff. It's, it's a weird thing. Like when you really break it down, the only time I see you are days when it's deemed very important, Mm -hmm. but I would never choose to hang out with you. We are both here under duress. See, but I mean, that's what happens. Like when you, when you join branches, you know, they, they come with all the twigs. It's true. So originally I thought you were saying like you... And Marianne, we're going to eat and then, like, shun her dad. Like, we're eating Thanksgiving. You go play with the cats. He's invited if he wants to come or not. That's up to him. Um, So that's mom Thanksgiving. And then Friday will be our house Thanksgiving. And then Saturday, uh, hopefully we're doing uh, grandma Thanksgiving at the lake. So three Thanksgivings in a row. Every fat guy's dream. (laughs) Uh... Yeah, I don't care about Thanksgiving. Like, I feel like I don't if I didn't if I didn't have somebody like else doing define it. care about it. 
Like it's it's an obligation. Oh, for sure. And but like I, part of that obligation is you get to eat good food that you really don't eat more than once a year. Um. Well, see, we we do is the other thing. Like, so you make you make a turkey outside of Thanksgiving. I don't. Growing up, we had basically the exact same meal, which was turkey, ham, and all that shit. Mm-hmm. Thanksgiving, Christmas, Easter. So okay. like. Right in that solid, like, four-month, five-month time span, it was three times right after, right? Mm-hmm. So I started dating. I think it was probably it was until I was married to my Jewish wife that I went to my parents, and it was, like, a big thing. I was like, my dad was going to be fine, but I had to, like, convince my mom because it was just her it was Things were getting harder for her. Like, cooking that much shit's a big deal. Yeah, definitely. It's hard on you. Um, my so mom she, was like, you're invited, and if you come, you're bringing shit. Yes. Um, I mean, that's what we do now. Since my mom died, like my dad's like, I'm making the turkey and the ham, and you all have to bring the peripheral shit. Like, we're just dividing it up. But anyway. The peripheral shit's the best shit. So I go to my parents, and it was like a big deal going to my mom. It was like coming out to my mom. What? I don't know. It was like a big, like it was a, a, a nerve wracking thing, right? I was like, like the, your your first Thanksgiving. No, no, no. As a man and wife. No, 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 no. Let, let me so going to her and saying, "Hey, look, here's the deal. My wife's Jewish family for Christmas gets a bunch of pizzas, and it's super casual, and there's no stress related to it at all." We just had turkey. We're going to have turkey again for Easter. Mm-hmm. Don't put yourself through this. Don't stress about it. Don't try to do this. Let's just buy pizzas Christmas Eve. We'll throw them in the fridge, and then people can eat it as they want and just grab slices of pizza, and it's a totally casual thing. The kids are running around. They don't want to sit at the table and eat turkey anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was like, I don't know about this. We'll try it this year. If it's horrible, Russ... <laughs> you're disowned as my son uh and begrudgingly she she bought into it and it, and it was because it's a lot of stress off of you yeah. and the casualness of it is is a lot better so that's what we do now like we get subs or pizza or whatever and it's way less of a of a thing of a to do did you guys ever do like a full family merge did you ever have an event like that uh our wedding it, obviously i mean that was <laughs> that's the i mean like hey you know do you guys want to do Christmas like together this time or no. something like that? I mean, it's different, you know, Jewish wife. Yeah, no, they, we didn't. Christmas isn't really a rallying point for them. Um, no, we didn't. But I mean, uh, my kids' birthdays, like yeah. that would be a yeah. Because um, again, you don't know where those. You, you said they come with the branches and the sticks. Mm-hmm. So where do the sticks fall off? Because my in-laws. That's the beauty of it. The moment you are in charge of it wherever you want <laughs> i like that idea mm-hmm. um but yeah so it's like my brother-in-law's mom and his stepdad are at my in-laws so like can't imagine they would go to my parent uh, you know mm-hmm. but yeah i get what you're saying if it comes here yeah. um yeah but to answer your question i don't care that much about thanksgiving at all like i feel like if one of them were to fall off i would be like okay i'm good with that yeah. Hmm. Uh, so did you say you had you were going to have Thanksgiving at your house? I did three. say my house three. It's the horror probably show. Probably going to be a horror show. 
Uh, first of all, mm-hmm. do you? So this movie is called House Three. No, it's not. It's not called <laughs> House Three. Uh, <laughs> but okay. So uh, all right. So it, it's House Three mm-hmm. in Europe. Yeah. Okay. It is also La Casa Seven. The first La Casa being Evil Dead. So House 3 is also <laughs> Evil Dead 7. In Italy, House 3 is Evil Dead 7. And House 2 is Evil Dead 6. All right, then. Yes. An Evil army Dead's of, must have gotten really... An Army of Darkness is not an Evil Dead sequel. So Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2... What take what takes between Evil Dead Two and uh, some House other 1? shit, some other shit, some other shit. <laughs> House three or House two, House three. Incredibly yeah. interesting. Yeah. So, did you read the IMDb trivia for this? Uh, which part? Well, it said that I think I did. Yes, this was originally but... conceived as House three. It was always going to be House three. Yes. And then uh, the distributor was like, "Yeah, let's try something different." The producer Sean S. Cunningham, who uh, is the uh, director of Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Apparently, from what I read, he conceived it as yes. House 3. Yes, exactly. Right. Yes, and then he was like, no, no, no. This is going to be its own thing. We're well, starting Max Jenke is going to be his own. He's going to be the next Freddy Krueger. He needs to have his own series. Because I read that it was MGM that said that. Not Sean Cunningham. Whatever. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Details don't matter. No. Point is... We don't need to be correct on this podcast. Was House 3 turned into the horror show in the US only Mm -hmm. because they thought he was going to be a thing? Or this concept was going to be a thing? Yeah. Spoiler, it didn't turn out to be a thing. No. It turned out to be the fourth of five movies with this exact same premise yes. in the three year span yes which i really want to see max Jenke uh versus uh Harapapa. what's his name i don't remember i remember it being cool uh like, horace pinker yes max Jenke versus horace pinker tell me you wouldn't want to see that i mean not really. Yeah, that would be incredible. Are you kidding me? I don't think it would be incredible. It would be incredibly bad. It, it would, would be, be worth watching. Yes, absolutely. It would it's be nothing in... I would be excited for. <laughs> I am. It's something that I would probably be like, yeah, that was that was entertaining. <laughs> the two of them coming together. At the very least, I want to see, I want to see uh, Mix Pileggi and this guy had a Miro Barman, something like that. Uh, I want to see them like argue over who is a better uh electrocuted <laughs> villain that comes back to life who's a better energy monster yes we, we don't even know what we're talking about yet what's the synopsis of house three the horror show justin uh so a cop catches a serial killer attends his execution mm-hmm. and uh a serial killer says that he's coming for him and it turns out when he got shot in the middle of the elec- of yes. the execution. Yes, while being electrocuted, <laughs> while on fire from said execution. Uh, uh, and uh, it turns out that the electrocution uh, turned him into this energy monster thing, and so he haunts their home. That is, yeah, that is somehow 
Per, no, not not. He's on comp- another plane of existence. But he he really seems to be I, not isolated completely, but definitely he uh, he he shows up the most at their house for some reason. Mm-hmm. He seems to be that seems to be his main place, not his only place place. No, but their house seems to be where his aura, where he spawns most frequently. Well, if he was a Pokemon, that's the where place where people would go. Sure, yeah, the the tall grass is their basement. Mm-hmm. Uh, because he focused on them, mm-hmm. he focused on he did, and uh, so when he moved into the other plane of existence, it turns out that other plane of existence is their fuse box, <laughs> and their. Why was this all centered around the furnace? Why does the if, furnace such a big deal here? He's an electrical being. No, but then the fire is such the fire a pivotal part. I don't understand that at all. Uh, great synopsis. Feel like we got a lot Thanks. to talk about here. Overall thoughts, without just getting into it, just give us, give us your elevator, uh, your elevator thoughts on this movie. Elevator thoughts? Mm-hmm. I, what does that mean? Well, you've got an elevator pitch, right? For my elevator thoughts are: don't fart, don't fart, don't fart. Those are my general elevator thoughts. I get it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, this isn't a good movie. <laughs> it's so much fun. This uh, is. I don't know. Sure. I don't even know if it is fun because no. this is a mean movie. Yes, this is a mean ass movie. So I watched. You, I watched the U.S. version. Did you watch the European I did. version? No, I okay. watched the U.S. version. So apparently, we, there's the there's the U.S. version, then there's the European version, mm-hmm. which is like a lot more gory. Yes, and then th- there is a there are a bunch of deleted scenes mm-hmm. that we only have stills for that show that it got a lot more gory. So this this originally it was going to get an X or something. Yeah, this so this was conceived as House, which is a little spooky, and then went more kids. Yeah. Then you have House Two, which went slightly off centered and disturbing to children, but then a hundred percent children. Yeah. One hundred percent family friendly. And then much. this was a Close mean 100%. ass serial killer movie. Mm-hmm. A mean movie. This is mm-hmm. a mean serial killer. Yeah. Uh done better this would have been Hannibal Lecter level of meanness right this is a thing that our protagonist does he spikes a newborn onto a table he does <laughs> he also he also <laughs> discards a 9 year old girl's decapitated head yes in order to chase after the antagonist mm-hmm. <laughs> those are things that happen in this mean mean movie yeah uh written by Alan Smithy. A misspelled Alan yes. Smithy. <laughs> uh, okay, so... Uh, I looked at his credits, like the actual writer, Yeah, and it's like he wrote f- for like a few episodes of uh, The Tonight Show with... Uh, yeah, and um, then this was his last thing that he actually wrote that was credited, that yeah. he didn't take the credit. Yeah. So I feel like that might have been a misplay. variety show stuff, yeah, and I then he like, wrote this. I feel like this was a misplay, because <laughs> his career as a writer didn't continue on. Well, I mean, when you don't take credit for something. Yeah. Uh, so we get Lance Henriksen, mm-hmm. uh, and he wakes up, had a dream, well, uncomfortable. We should describe that dream. Okay, let's go through the dream. The dream is he's reliving uh, the event of catching the serial killer, where he goes through uh, this restaurant and finds fried body parts yep and then a cop's head on a plate that says blue plate special okay written in blood. i'm gonna do this 
we're not there yet. He wakes up. Oh, yes. Goes through some stuff. Then he has that flashback. <laughs> sure. We're not there yet. Okay. Russ. <laughs> so he wakes up. He basically checks on everybody in the house, right? And he walks in and his son uh, is asleep who... I'm not one to disparage children or people's appearances because I'm very ugly. This is a genuine question. Yeah. Did this young man have leukemia? Uh, or was he, he just a chubby-faced little kid? He looked like a... like a. If Sean Astin ate Zach Morris. Or if, actually, put that backwards. Zach Morris ate Sean Astin. Yeah, but he also looked like if Zach Morris had leukemia. <laughs> I don't know why you get that, but okay. No, like you'd have the leukemia kids and they get like big puffy cheeks, like little chipmunk cheeks. He's also been eating crates of Nestle Click Quick every week, so (laughs) that could explain it. (laughs) What's up with that? He's just like a, like a, a defraudulent klepto. Yes. And that's just like a side thing. Yeah. Just for a stinger at the end where yeah. you can be like, oh, Billy, or yeah, whatever the fuck name was. Because this is the happiest movie ending <laughs> ever. As This is the antithesis of the previous one, which which was a horrific ending for a family movie. This is the meanest movie ever that literally ends with a still of the family like, hey, we've got a cat. We're so happy. But the last one was supposed to be a happy ending. Uh, but it you wasn't. Just, you just think about it and you realize it's the darkest timeline. Yes. So anyway, so he goes into uh, the kid's room and he is the kid has fell, fallen asleep with his cassette player on. Mm-hmm. And the scene is supposed to be Lance Henriksen is very caring as the father takes the headphones off and turns off the cassette player. He turns the cassette player on because in between this is obviously a take that they didn't turn it back on for him because mm-hmm. you literally see the red light pop right back up as he hits the button. He turned it on. Good job. Uh, whoever was in charge of this movie's details like that, maybe not the continuity Script person, supervisor, uh, did very poorly, and we'll talk more about that in about twenty-four minutes. Okay, if we're doing this real time, you wrong movie. God damn it! An hour and a half and twenty-four minutes <laughs> yes. from now. <laughs> wrong movie. God damn it. <laughs> Uh, so Lance Hendrickson uh, checks on them. He checks on the family. He goes into the kitchen and opens up the kitchen cabinet. And literally, we get a cat jumping out of the cabinet. Mm-hmm. Pisses me off. And I say this every time we literally yeah. have a cat jumping out. Yeah. Because ha- like a- a- every other episode we record, you can say that. Uh, we get uh, our very first shot now of the fire, of mm-hmm. the furnace spitting out fire. And everyone throughout this film, so this furnace is an old timey furnace that literally has tons of fire inside of it. It's huge. Mm -hmm. And this fire shoots out of this fucking furnace and nobody seems to give a shit. Everyone is casually like letting it. At one point, the wife walks by it and throws a rag down beside this furnace, which is shooting out flames. The rag is to hold the hot handle. She grabbed the rag to pick up, to put on the handle. And then threw it down. Yeah. beside the hot furnace that is shooting out flames. Then she almost got her head cut off by a saw and went, <laughs> meh. And then we never see her, we never see that saw ever again. You mean the old-timey two-person saw from a cartoon? Yeah. The thing <gasps> that like almost cuts her head off and you think, oh, 
something's going to happen with that yeah. later in the movie, mm-hmm. and nothing does. No. I get annoyed with myself when I buy something, and I'm like, I'm only ever using this one time. That definitely happened with Lance Hendrickson bought that two-person saw, right? Yeah, uh, except he probably didn't use it, like, once. It was just I was going to use it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know what? I'm going to cut down that tree someday. And every year he just keeps picking up walnuts and going, I should fucking cut down that tree. <laughs> Okay, now we have the flashback. Yes. So we have our flashback. Uh, and he is a cop, mm-hmm. and he's with his partner. Yep. And they uh, go, they're like, we're finally going to get this motherfucker. This guy's been killing people. We got him. Let's go. Mm-hmm. And they split up, and one of them runs one way, one of them runs the other. That's the definition of splitting up. Yep. Just so you know. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lance Hendrickson goes into the back of this restaurant. There is a fryer, and he picks up said fryer, and what's in the fryer? A hand. A hand, and he discards it. If you notice, he, like, flings it up, and, like, the basket goes one place. The hand perfectly bounces into, like, the little place for trash in the, in the like, yeah. counter. I don't think that's for trash because there's a bunch of holes. That's where like drops in and you would put your lettuce and things like that to make the food. What? It's a series of circles, right? Cut into the top of this cooling. So it's a cooler. It's got a whole bunch of top of holes cut in it. So there would be a circle uh, container that holds various uh, uh, vegetables or what have you that you would drop in so it is available for you to grab and it's flush so it's like a -a whack-a-mole tray for fruits and vegetables or whatever you need to grab i just assumed that exact thing but for waste no because why would there be eight different holes i only saw the one hole there's eight holes and you can get a better shot of it you're an eight hole (laughs) you can get a better shot of it when he comes through later and it's clean in his flat in his not flashback in his different reality Going flashback. Going to the other plane of existence. Yes. So then he walks further down and finds another friar. And what does he find in that friar? Uh, a hat. <laughs> and under said hat is a police officer's head. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't bother picking that up. He nope. just leaves that to fry. <laughs> and I feel like this is more realistic than the hush puppy head from Blood Diner. <laughs> you think? Yes, I do think. <laughs> That's more how I would react. I don't think the hand would necessarily bounce as much, but that's a freebie for not giving it an actual hush puppy head. (laughs) All right. Good to see what our standards are on the show. (laughs) Uh, Good news is he finds his partner, Casey, really quick. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he just... So Max Jenke is our serial killer. He Mm -hmm. had to have been like holding him back because... All of a sudden, Casey swings like a pendulum, and he's had his arms cut off. So the only way he could have swung at that exact moment is if he was held by something and released. Sure. So I feel like Jenky and Casey were standing there. Like, Max has him behind his back holding his his belt, and he's just talking to him. Like, really wish Lance Hendrickson would show up now. <laughs> and, and Casey's like, you cut my arms off. And Jenky's like... Where's your boy? Think he's here yet? And he's like, oh, you cut my arms off. And it just kept going back and forth like that. That's that's all he says? Yeah, he just keeps He's much more talk. He has way more like things to say. Yeah, he doesn't. He wasted it. He wasted it because he didn't really get his final words that he wanted to say out. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
Yeah, what was he going to say? I don't know. I kind of like, cared. He's got a cleaver. Don't get your arms cut off. <laughs> this was a bad choice. I shouldn't have got my arms cut off. <laughs> if you can avoid your getting your arms cut off, please do. I feel like that's just general advice for life, you yeah. know? If you can avoid it, avoid it. Uh, I read a book by John Cherry. Okay. Who's the guy that directed all the Ernest movies. Okay. Uh, and it's about his life with Ernest. It's not a very good book, but... Uh, was he Vern or something? No, he's, he's the director. He's, oh, the director. he's the director. Yeah. You said that. I did. He did. Um so the two the two things that were good from the, the stories there is that at one point they let Jim Varney, Ernest, fly by himself, which they usually don't do. Like, he definitely needed a handler. Uh, what do you mean fly? Like, actually fly a plane? No, no, no. Like, get on a plane and act oh, like an adult. Gotcha. And was told to get to his destination on his own. I was just assuming these were all set stories. No, no, no. Gotcha. So... They had an appearance. They needed to get to set, whatever the scenario was, but they let him fly by himself, and he never showed to where he was going to be. So he called the airport, and he was like, look, you need to go to whatever bar is closest to whatever, wherever this flight came in. Mm -hmm. Go to the closest bar. There's going to be a big group of people standing around laughing. In the middle of that is going to be Jim Varney. Get him, put him in a cab, and take him there. And that's exactly what they did. And that's exactly what. <laughs> it's pretty good. It is pretty <laughs> Like, I love that story. Mm -hmm. um, the other one is, like, when he got to see him on his deathbed, uh, which is what made <laughs> The me other hilarious story. <laughs> which is what made me think about this is, so he went, and he's all nervous because he's- Wait, this are we ever going to watch Deathbed on this show? Uh, maybe. The bed that eats people? Maybe. Anyway. Um, it's part of a Patton Oswalt joke. That's the only way I know it. Oh, okay. Uh, so he's there and like he stands at the edge of his bed or whatever and he's trying to figure out what he's going to say to him. And he can hear Jim Varney's trying to say something, but he's got lung cancer and he's doing not good. Mm -hmm. And he leans in and he leans closer and he leans closer. And he, Jim Varney says, You smell like starch. It's <laughs> 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 oh, pretty good. Yeah. So that was. Uh, the di dying words of Jim Varney to John Cherry. Mm -hmm. mm, I don't know what Casey's were to Lance Hendrickson. <laughs> um, okay, so he ends up coming face to face with Max Jenke, mm -hmm. who I don't and a think, random little girl and a random little girl uh, who I don't think does bad in this role. No, she's fine. fine. No, I'm talking about Max Jenke. Oh. Apparently, this is his favorite role ever. Yeah, I saw that. So, he uh, has a little girl, and he's threatening to kill her mm -hmm. uh, if Lance Henriksen doesn't give up his gun. So, he gives up the gun, and then he still decapitates this nine-year-old girl. Mm -hmm. And throws the head at men. We are Lance seeing Henriksen. this at ten minutes into this movie. Mm -hmm. The sequel to a very child's movie. Yeah. So What's from? So our hero <laughs> is holding this little girl's head, and she screams and wakes up. She screams. He yes. wakes up in bed. Yes. Uh, but it's the dream within a dream. Yes, because <laughs> Max Jenke is dressed as his wife, complete his with wife a wig. His wife is like, oh, are you okay? And then it turns into Max Jenke. 
<laughs> and he's and got he the meat cleaver. Max Jenky. And he's got the meat cleaver. Like yeah. he sits up in a meat cleaver. And he cleavers him in the chest. Yes. And then he wakes up and he's choking his wife. <laughs> and then he goes and there's blood on his chest. Oh my God. Okay. So, uh, you know, it's established like he's still, he's, he's going to go see the execution. He's still on, uh, he's still on, um, desk duty and he wants to, to go back and he's, so he's seen, you know, an appointed psychiatrist and stuff. Uh, and so he goes, he goes to the execution and seeing him, his chest starts to, to bleed again. Mm-hmm. And this is where I'm like, so he has chest stigmata? I mean, it's not like a psychologist diagnoses him <laughs> with that later, is it? Because then like 15 minutes later after like the scene I'm sure we're going to talk about, he's like, hmm, that's weird. Have you ever heard of stigmata? And I was like, yes! <laughs> a psychologist. I would just say because I thought it would sound stupid on the podcast. <laughs> And then that's what the fucking thing was. <laughs> and it's diagnosed by a psychiatrist. Yes. Or a psychologist. One or uh, the other. I don't give a was, fuck. It was he may or may not have been able to prescribe drugs. I don't know. <laughs> it was amazing. It's so stupid. Chest stigmata. And he definitely was doing it like it was a medical fact. There wasn't any degree of like theory or anything. It was... Except he prefaced it with, are you Catholic? Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah. Backing up a second. Mm-hmm. This is apparently the episode that I do that. What point was Lance Henriksen dreaming? Was he dreaming of checking on his kids and checking out the house and the cat jumping out? Did he go back to bed after that? No, I think everything. I think he wakes up. All that shit happens. Uh, then he closes the furnace. And then you cut to his dream. Okay. I was just. That's what I. And I was. A little bit of a discrepancy there. Uh, this is also incredibly nineties. Well, this this movie, uh, like I, <clears throat> there's an old writer's ad- adage where you like you start the scene as late as possible and end it as early as possible. But I don't know if it was the writer, director, editor. They took that way too much to heart because they just like s- scenes don't end; they just stop, like all over this movie. Uh They've got Lance Henriksen lets his wife decorate the house because they have the little soaps in the shape of flowers, mm-hmm. and that's like the most '90s thing ever. You don't see those anymore. Yeah, like my grand my grandma loved those things. Yeah, it's things like that that I see that I'm like '90s. Yeah, Mission. now it's just like oh, like it looked. I have hand soap just like every hand soap. Oh, it smells like flowers. Yes. Up, oh, it smells like honeydew melon. I definitely uh, had like that hoarding thing when I was little, like because because you weren't supposed to use those soaps because they were fancy, mm-hmm. like you don't use them, right? And I had that too. Like I would get pencils that I really liked, and I would never want to use them. Uh, yeah, I remember I had disappear. like the NBA uh, pencils. Yeah, like I had like have... all the teams, but then I was like, I really like the Magic because you know Penny Hardaway and Shaq, and then I just used the Magic one until it went away. I probably still have that magic one somewhere because I never <laughs> could use it. Nothing was ever deemed important enough for me to use it. That's how I am in video games. Like you're given, uh, you're given items, and it's like, oh, you use the items, but then you're like, this is like a really, really good item. And you're like, fuck, oh, I should wait until I really need this, 
and then you beat the game and you're like, I have 17 of these that I never used. It really would have helped me. <laughs> it really would have shaved about three hours off this playtime. Um, we, when Lance Hendrickson meets with the psychiatrist the first time, mm-hmm. we get the full scale of just how much of a badass Max Jenk he was. Do you remember the number that he conservatively murdered? I do not at all. 110 people. That's a lot. They use the word conservatively also. Conservatively murdered 110 people. Holy shit. Yeah. Is there an individual that has murdered 110 people in real life? Um, Probably. I think... I think Gacy was like in the 40s or something. I don't know. Get your wife down on the podcast. I yeah, bet she has this knowledge right on 100% her. 100% her thing. Yeah. Um, so they go to the execution. Lance Henriksen gets to go, which this is probably just me being conditioned by movies. Mm-hmm. This is different than every other execution I've ever seen in the setup. I have to assume what we've seen is probably closer to reality, right? Like they can't let you directly interact with the with part of me is like is this because it's like they don't have any budget because they're in the same room. Right. Is this because they don't have any budget or is this because they're in a shitty state? Like which is it? It could be either. Yeah, like Texas, you actually there's a you get a drawing mm-hmm. of who gets to flip the switch. Yeah. It's a raffle. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they serve barbecue chicken. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's catered. It's a catered event. <laughs> Texas barbecue, man. <laughs> uh, so we get, uh, he's going to get executed, right? Yeah. And uh, they they turn it on. They flip the switch. But like they didn't use the, I don't know. Like the thing they put on his head, maybe that's more accurate. Maybe it's not. But it looked like... Uh, like it was part of a toy that you use to like try to use the force. Um, yeah, like it, it instead of like the whole dome, it was just like two points on his temples. Mm-hmm. But again, I've never actually executed someone, so I don't know. Mm. Um, they, I'm trying to remember back to the times that I have. The <laughs> the actual executioner also was in full view of everyone. Like, mm-hmm. isn't isn't that like an anonymous position? I mean, I think so. I don't know. Traditionally. They always wore the black hood. Right. But I also, like, in real life, I don't think that you know who it is, do you? I have no idea. Probably, like, that seems like that would be bad if you did. Yeah. Because then you could be like, yo, man, that was my homie. Yes. You're exactly. dead now. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but he's just in the room with him, mm-hmm. and he flips the switch, and there's an incredible line by Janky, my favorite, I think, is when they flip it, and he yells at him, and then they turn it off, because they're like, holy shit, he's not dead. Do you know the line I'm talking about? Well, I want to say, first of all, he flips the switch, and then the he like blah, 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 and then like kind of keels over. But then like you would think at that point you maybe you leave it go a little longer, but then he pulled it up like really quick. Yes, and he says, and then he comes to, and he says, "Oh yeah, what are you doing? That just gave me a hard on." Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> and I I love that badassness. Yeah. Uh, so they have to keep going and going mm-hmm. and there's a little literal dial that they crank up to try to take him out. <laughs> yeah. He's like, give it more juice. He st- breaks the straps and then he catches on fire mm-hmm. and slowly zombie like 
walks towards Lance Henriksen, who in his defense is sitting there staring him down like a badass. When literally everyone else gets up out of the chair. Yes. Out of their chair. There's another scene, and I wrote this down. I'm going to talk about it now. Mm-hmm. There's a scene later where Lance Henriksen is going eye-to-eye with uh, face-to-face with an internal investigations officer, mm-hmm. and there's no doubt I would lose a fucking staring contest to Lance Henriksen, dude. Yeah. Zero well, chance I mean, that I would you win. would lose... Uh, Staring contest to a puppy, so I don't think so. You're an asshole, but you're you're like a softy at heart. Mm. Uh, but yeah, Lance Henriksen, legit, legit badass, right? Oh yeah, yeah. In this movie and probably outside of it as well. Yeah, I think so. Uh, so he is catching on fire, giving his promise that he will be back and he is going to go for Lance Henriksen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and finally falls down. Yep. And like the doctor goes to touch him and it was nice. And there was a moment where he was like, I don't want to touch him. He's really hot because he was on fire. (laughs) (laughs) Just the little subtlety of that actor. I really enjoyed that. Well, he he goes down and then they like hit him with the fire extinguishers. And I was like, oh, cool. They got to use that shot that always happens. after They cut away. Mm hmm. Uh, which did look much safer than the last time we saw this, which was Samurai Cop, where yeah. the actors were the ones putting him out, and it did not look safe. Yeah. At all. Yeah. Uh, and he's dead now, and the movie's over, right? <laughs> so this is the point where he goes to the psychologist. Uh, anything more to say on that? No. Okay. So now it's it's like, you know, this is the day that he has to uh, watch the guy get murdered by the state. And then go to the psychologist and be like, hey, uh, sign your name so that I don't have to work at a desk anymore. So, you know, it's obviously also date night. Hello. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the mom is putting on eye makeup and they have a close up. And that fucking that shit freaks me out. It does, doesn't like, it? Marianne puts on eye makeup in the car while I'm driving, and I'm like, "How are you doing that? You're like, how have you not poked your eye out seventeen times?" Yeah, yeah, it freaks you out, right? Yeah, I'm right there with you. Yeah, because they have to get so fucking close to the eyeball, and then sometimes she gets shit on her eyeball, and is like, "Oh, she just blinks a bunch," and I'm like. How are you not screaming in terror? Because that's what I would be doing if anything got onto my eyeball. Have I told you when I had to go to the uh, urgent care for a piece of metal in my eye? Probably, but say it. So I, a few years ago, I went to take my kid to school, uh, got my wife's keys, got in the car, felt like something was in my eye. So I blinked a few times. I'm an adult, so I know I'm not rubbing. I just You just blink, right? You learn that in elementary school. Yeah. Don't rub. I do it anyway. But yeah. uh, So I didn't because I'm an adult. Uh, so something's in my eye. I blink. I got to get my kid to school. So I end up figuring out that if I just hold my eyelid down, <laughs> I'm fine. It's very close to school. So I drive him there and back, literally holding my eyelid down. While I drive there and back, I get to the house, I flush it out. I'm not getting anywhere. I shower, so I try to do it in the shower. Don't get anywhere. So I'm like, this is this is not good. I got to go to urgent care. Because you can't fuck with your eye. You can't put that no. off, right? Like yeah. your nose is running and, and you can't function. Mm-hmm. So I get there and I, I drive there with my eyelid pulled down and everything. And I get there and I get into the room and I tell the doctor, look, I got some, I feel like I got something in my eye. I haven't rubbed it or anything. I'm an adult. I know what the fuck I'm doing. 
they put like a little dye drop in my eye so they can see it. Mm-hmm. And he looks at it and immediately is like, okay, you got a tiny little piece of metal in there. So I'm assuming it's like from the keys maybe grinding back and forth. And you absolutely 100% rubbed your eye because I can see the circles where you rubbed the <laughs> shard of metal into your eyes and it looks like sandpaper. You were a child, you dumb motherfucker. <laughs> like I made this big production of the fact that I know not to rub my eye. Mm-hmm. And I swear I have zero recollection of doing that. So it must have been your immediate reaction as soon as you get something in there as you rub. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Had you just woken up? No. This was oh. like I got up, got dressed, went to the car, and it wasn't in the car. That's what makes me what it feels like it was the key. So was, you were putting the key into the ignition or something. Yeah. And or something flew out. Maybe. Or it was just like there was a shard on the key, and then I rubbed my eye after. Mm. I mean, who knows? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Eyes gross me out. Yeah. I'm right there with you. Um, it grossed me out a little when you pant, like you held your eyelid down. And I could see more of your eyeball. And I was like, <laughs> that's too much eyeball. Uh, so th- we uh, around this time, I think we start seeing that the fireplace is a big deal because you're getting the fireplace. And, and the then furnace? you're here. Furnace, I'm sorry. And then you're getting uh, Max Jenke giggling. Here's the thing. We get this fucking giggle as soon as he dies. Like this high-pitched witch giggle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He never did that when he was alive. Nope. Why the fuck does he do it now that he's dead? It's his thing. It, but it's not his thing. It's ghost janky thing. Well, you know what? Like, in life, he was a little self-conscious about it. But in death, <laughs> he's just like, fucking, let's do this. That is not that actor. Like, I'm fine with this concept. Literally, all they had to do is do it a time or two. Like, he could have done it in the flashback when he mm-hmm. cut the little girl's head off. Yeah. Give me one giggle at that time. Mm-hmm. Or a giggle when... When Casey was rocking back and forth, give yeah. me a giggle then, and I would have been happy with this. But every time I heard this fucking giggle, it pulled me out of it because I knew that it was just supposed to be a thing that they could give you his presence without him being there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, a lot of this movie is him being like just off screen. Yeah, and it's <laughs> him just literally like... <laughs> He's the leprechaun. <laughs> But he never did that. Mm-mm. Am I wrong for being frustrated with this? Frustrated is probably a strong word. So yes, <sighs> annoyed mildly. I'll give it to you. Uh, on date night, we see Lance Hendrickson and his wife kissing. So, uh, she she tells her daughter. Her daughter asks, "Where is he taking you?" And she said, uh, "My one rule is no place that cops go." Like, no place where where cops go. Mm -hmm. So he takes her to a pirate restaurant? (laughs) Like, what the fuck is that place? The dessert menu is on the wall behind glass at their table. Like, what the fuck is this place? Uh, It was the cheapest place the scouting guy could find (laughs) is what this was. Um, But Lance Hendrickson and his wife make out for a few minutes. Mm -hmm. And Lance Hendrickson is the worst fucking kisser. Like, he did not. not... did he did not want to kiss this woman? Did you see this? Sure, but he's not the worst because we'll get to it later. Okay, so Lance, the me, worst kiss ever put on film. So Lance Henriksen refuses to budge his mouth. He keeps his mouth clamped shut as his the female actress shoves her lips on top of his lips. Mm-hmm. It was the stiffest kiss <laughs> ever. Lance Henriksen wanted no part of this. No part. Still not the worst. The worst is yet to come. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, 
Jesus. Uh, Lance Hedrickson starts getting uh, this oh, yeah. weird shit happening, right? So, well, they go back. You know, she got all hot and bothered from uh, the pirate restaurant that they go back to <laughs> fool around. And he keeps uh, hearing and seeing uh, janky and victims and everything. And that's and then so she just like gives up and uh it's you know, it's later at night. Uh the kids are downstairs trying to look for Vinny who has been killed by uh Jenky. And that's when you Vinny, realize Vinny is the little is the daughter's boyfriend. Yes. Who died a couple years after this movie was made at the age of thirty from AIDS. Mm-hmm. And then I read that and I was just like, I feel bad now. <laughs> AIDS is a thing. No, not even that. I mean, AIDS, but also that he died of, he died at 30. Yeah. Yeah. That happens. R.I.P. Vinny. Sucks. Sure. Uh, Can we give him a small role in our Mystery Men, Remake Me Mystery Men movie? We should. What is. All posthumous. Yes. Yes. Listen. I'm going to make this casting executive decision, okay? Okay. Him and uh, the darker skinned guy from Blood Diner. Okay. The, they have to be somebody in in our movie. Okay. Okay. Um, well, since next week is our hundredth episode, why don't mm-hmm. you just like sit on this, think about it, and then like we can all come up with ideas for remake me of the movie. I love this idea. Yeah. I like that. All right. Good idea. Um. So. I don't remember where I was. Oh yeah. Uh, at this point, you realize he is like. Uh, kind of asleep he wears his watch to bed who the fuck wears their like he's just in like boxers or something and wearing his watch so who sleeps with a watch uh that is a great question lance henriksen is your answer <laughs> um and I, and I didn't really realize this now because kind of our one of our favorite things to do is find out these little eccentricities in movies and really kind of dig into them. Mm-hmm. My mom might have given me this thing because I remember she used to get so pissed at movies or TV shows mm-hmm. when it's a thing in the middle of the night, somebody important's phone rings, right? And yeah. it's on the bedside and all of them grab their glasses and put them on and then answer the phone. <laughs> And she would always be like, why does he need his glasses on to answer the phone? Like it was, it was her thing that she had found that she noticed that didn't make any sense to her. Uh, let me tell you as somebody who, uh, well, not as somebody who I have a friend who, uh, hung out with after high school and, you know, cash was a bigger thing. So we would go to the ATM a lot and he always blared his radio Oh, I do that for sure. When he goes to the ATM, he had he had to turn it down. I do that. The ATM doesn't. It's not one of those ATMs that talk to you. No. But he had to concentrate or something. Yeah. My wife mocks me that, about that <laughs> when we have to do that. Or uh, I'm sure a lot of people do this, like you know, or at least before Google Maps or whatever. Like when you're going down a street looking for an address, you turn the radio down. Definitely do. Yeah, for sure. Uh. Sleeps with his watch. Next step. Uh, so he goes down into the basement and Janky's there. And Janky's all like, I'm going to fucking rape and murder your daughter. How you like that shit? And he's like, I do not like that at all. 
I would strongly prefer you not to do that, <laughs> but very loudly and with different words. Sure. Uh, yeah. So he's louding, yelling and arguing so that the rest mm-hmm. of the house can hear. Yeah. This was after we get the appearance of Turkey Janky. Mm, was it? Yes. Okay. At least going chronologically in my notes. So one of the ways that Janky appears to mm-hmm. Lance Henriksen. Which it, is another thing, like... They're they're sitting down for a turkey dinner, and he's like, "I didn't know, like, it's a Thanksgiving." Yeah, and she's like, "No, it's just your father's favorite." <laughs> and he's at a rough time. Who the fuck makes like a full trimmings turkey dinner? If you wanted, and to- it, also it was lunch. <laughs> it was lunch. <laughs> if you're going to make a turkey. Uh, in June, I would be double checking those expiration dates, bro. <laughs> like I feel like those turkeys don't move very often. No. Uh, so. Turkey Jenky is a cooked turkey mm-hmm. with Jenky's face on it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what's up? I'm Turkey Jenky. <laughs> and not, his- not with his face on it, with his face on the side of the like neck <laughs> of the turkey. <laughs> it is it is absurd in a very mean, and I don't want to say realistic movie. That's the wrong word, mm-hmm. but a movie that takes itself very seriously, and he appears on a turkey. Yeah. This is a very mean-spirited movie. Yes. With the exception of that damn turkey. It is. Did it? You don't know Seinfeld very well. That's why sure. I sent you that gif. It's exactly the same as the Kramer turkey. Mm-hmm. Did you know that? I mean, I've, I seen, I've seen that. I yeah. don't think it's I've ex- seen the episode, but it's I've seen exactly that the same thing. It's yeah. exactly the same thing. Basically. Uh, and I feel like that was Seinfeld's homage to House 3. <laughs> was that before or after House 3, though? I feel like it had to have been after, right? House 3 was 89? Yeah, see? And I think 89 is the first season of Seinfeld. Is it? I think so. Okay. I'm going to look that up right now. You do that. Because I feel like... Hmm. They went for nine seasons. Friends started in 93. Three or ninety four, and I feel like the last season or penultimate season was the Seinfeld was the lead in for them. I feel like I feel mildly confident with this. So okay. uh, I know eighty nine was the first year for the Simpsons. Okay. Uh, so at this point, uh, Vidi ends up dead. They end up falsely accusing Lance Henriksen of committing this murder because the rest of the family heard him arguing with that, um, but. Lance Hendrickson was busy dealing with the professor uh, who is a man that was in at the execution for Jenky, right? He the, is low rent Luke Wilson. He is low rent Jason Schwartzman. Yeah, that too. Yeah. That's a better reference. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. That made it's me so, it's it's a low rent somebody who's in a Wes Anderson film. There you go. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Uh, and he is a professor that has a theory about hate being a form of energy with electrocution and believes that by being electrocuted because he's pure evil, his presence stays. But also Jenky was like fucking practicing getting electrocuted so that when he got executed, it wouldn't be as bad. Yeah, he did the princess bride thing <laughs> with electricity. Yes, What's our answer for Seinfeld? Uh, 89. Congratulations. Nice. Yeah. 89 to 98. Yep. I didn't think it went that long. Yeah. But then again, you it's like, oh, you know, Friends was on till like 2003 or whatever. And it's like, wow, that's that seems later. 
It's reasonably confident. It paid off this time. 2004, 2005. 2005. Jesus. Yeah, friends went late. Um, uh, so J- uh, Lance Hendrickson is being accused of this. He's got mm-hmm. his buddy on the police department that's like, I know you. I know you didn't do this. Uh, internal Accused of killing Vinny. Did we say that? I did. Okay. I believe. I was probably looking up Seinfeld at the time. R.I.P. Vinny. So uh, they they step away for a minute, and his lawyer shows up, and his lawyer turns out to be Jenky with a meat cleaver, and he chops the fucking wooden interrogation table in half with the meat cleaver. Mm-hmm. And they fight for a while. Yeah. Here's the most interesting and then, thing. And then Lance Hendrickson blinks, and he disappears. Yes, but here's the most interesting thing about all this. Mm-hmm. The police officers and stuff come in, and the table is fucking in half. Lance Hendrickson is in a chair with his feet up on top of the like structure that was the legs of that table. Yeah, as he's dozing off, yeah, and they come in, and no one is like, "What the fuck happened to our table?" He goes in and sits down, and is like, "I need to talk to you. <laughs> I'm going to completely ignore this fact <laughs> that this is now gone." What the fuck? That's bizarre. Yeah. Why would you not be like, why did you break our table in mm-hmm. half? And did nobody else see the lawyer come in? Was that just Lance Hendrickson that saw him? I felt like they might have interacted with him. Uh, no, they, it was, it was very much a, they're walking out as he's walking in. Okay. Thing. That's fair. So, okay. And he was dressed like the villain from Roger Rabbit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he was dressed like Christopher Lloyd from yes. Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yes. Um, Lance Hendrickson starts doing questionable things cause he punches. Yeah. He's like, Hey, you gotta, bust get, out of you, jail. you gotta let me out of here. And he's like, I can't. And he's like, well, I'm going to punch you in the face. And he uppercuts him, yeah. knocks him out cold he, immediately. He fucking does a Mortal Kombat uppercut. Yeah. He does a Johnny Cage yeah. right under that dude's jaw. Yeah. Uh, he he would have knocked out uh, a lot of rib cages with yeah. that uppercut. Kano, gone. Yeah. Raiden, gone. Mm-hmm. Goro, he would have made it through. Yeah. Goro would have been okay. Yeah, Goro's fine. Yeah. Got a tough rib cage. Um, while this is happening... We are checking in on the family at home. Mm-hmm. And his daughter, who we very clearly established is 17, we get a nude sour sh- shower scene. Yeah, that's what that's the theme of this podcast is clearly defined 17-year-old girls in shower scenes. I don't... Why do they do that? It's uncomfortable, right? Yeah. Last Door on the Left, I talked at length about how uncomfortable it is. Did you call it Last Door on the Left? Probably. You did. Sorry. Three doors down. <laughs> Much better. Yeah, last house on the left. I talked about it extensively. How creepy it is that they're like, she's seventeen. It's her seventeenth birthday. She's seventeen. She's a year from legal. Like we're going to talk about this over and over again <laughs> to establish how old is she? She's one hundred percent seventeen. <laughs> Here are her tits. Yes, uh, it's bizarre. So this movie, which features um, Turkey with an evil face, mm-hmm. and is a follow up. To a movie featuring a caterpillar Aztec puppy. Maya, Aztec Maya Incas? Has the 17-year-old girl get raped and impregnated? Mm-hmm. Off screen. Off screen. It's fine. And the... You could rape whoever you want off screen. 13-year-old boy fine. get murdered. It's, yeah. Uh, what Your the drums fuck? exploded to death. What the fuck? Yeah. It's a mean movie, man. Mm-hmm. But it's okay. They're fine. Oh, also, yeah, this is then 
uh, Lance Hendrickson's scar starts uh, opening, like opening up, and apparently, in like one of the deleted scenes, is him opening up his chest and like showing his heart and stuff. But like he's up against the wall and like it's there, and then suddenly he doubles in width because the whatever uh, appliance was put on him to make the scar like pulsate and open up slightly uh, was double the width that he was. Uh, so I apologize. You're absolutely right. That's exactly what happens. Like <laughs> it his looked head, really dumb. His head is stuck through obviously a wall mm-hmm. or whatever while that's behind him. Yeah. He went from a size medium to four X in that jacket. So I was Googling cause I, I had meant to do this prior. I forgot about this note. Sure. Hanging very prominently in Lance Hendrickson's home is a poster is a poster featuring like cloud and a rock mm-hmm. and it says maglite underneath it mm-hmm. which magnite is a flashlight brand yeah is maglite something else other than that or did these people fucking love this flashlight that they hung the poster for in their family or room? did maglite pay to have it in there it's bizarre Here's the thing i had a black and white version of that same photo Seriously? In my Was first it for Maglite? House. No. Oh. It was just, it, like Magnite took that photo and made it an ad or whatever. Um, or whatever this was. But just the actual photo itself, just black and white, I had uh, as a piece of art in my first uh, place after I moved out. I had that and I had uh, uh, Albert Einstein with his tongue sticking out. Because I'm classy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but all that was a dream. Uh, yeah, this is when he spikes the newborn baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because uh, his daughter gave birth to said yeah. baby, and she's like suckling it, and he's like, "Don't do that. That's that baby's evil." And they show its face, and not since chasing sleep has there been a more disturbing <laughs> baby. It was pretty good. It, it, was, it, it was, was. It was. It was. It was baby jinky. Definitely. It was. It was. It looked shockingly like the turkey janky. (laughs) 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 And uh, he tries to spike this baby. Our hero spikes the baby. Um, Luckily, Jason Schwartzman has said that he can be killed by electricity or bring him back into our world through electricity. Yeah. Then you blow him up. This is where these movies... And I feel like we we have to. It's our mm-hmm. obligation to watch these other movies like Destroyer and things that are along these lines. Sure. Um, this is where these movies fall fall apart for me is that Shocker had a very... The rules don't make any sense. I don't Correct. understand the rules for House 3 either. So he needs... He was created by electricity. needs to get electricity to come back into our world where he can be killed he like a regular person. He needs to get sucked into their... In, he needs to get sucked into Jenky's world. And then bring Jenky into our world through electricity. And then he can kill him like normal. Yes. So it's very uh, Freddy Krueger in that way, right? Like you bring him into our world and then he's human again. Sure. Uh, And that's what we do. Yeah. So. uh, Okay. So they go back into the restaurant. Like Jenky's world is that restaurant from the opening, the beginning of the movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, instead of the officer's head on the blue light special, it's the professor's head, and that's who he gives him that. He says, uh, use electricity to bring him home, and then his head explodes immediately. 
It looked really shitty too because uh-huh. he had his head cut. It was a hole in the table, and his head sticking through it. Mm-hmm. And then as the actor is talking, he's moving too much, so the plate and stuff is shifting around, so you can see that he's underneath the table. Yeah. Uh. So then he goes. Jinky has his wife. Uh, they battle or whatever, and then Lance Hendrickson says, "Uh, we gotta get. We gotta give him electricity." And then immediately, with no, immediately they 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 execute their plan flawlessly, mm-hmm. with no sort of no problems, no resistance whatsoever. You mean grabbing a live two hundred and forty volt wire and putting it on Janky's testicles, <laughs> King style? I don't think that's safe for her to do. It's insulated. When you hold a wire, it's insulated. Yeah, no, I mean the actual grabbing it, like going to grab it. Like I would not feel confident oh, that I would get no. a hold of that. It's like a snake. You if you if you grab it in the right way, you're perfectly safe. Yes. But in the time where you decide I'm going to grab it to the execution fully implemented, that snake can move. Yeah. And then you have grabbed the wrong part of the snake. I saw a video on YouTube that was horrifying. Not in was a, it the snake throwing up the other snake? Because that's that's pretty fucked up video. No, it was a guy that was like a professional. He, he dealt uh, a herpetologist, mm-hmm. um, so he had all these these venomous snakes, and he had a hold of it, and then he went to put it back in its enclosure, and he threw it. That's the wrong word, but he forcefully put it in to get its head away from him as he was closing the door, mm-hmm. and the way he did it was backwards for the snake so it, its spine doesn't go backwards you following me nope okay so it's head imagine it's if you're a snake uh-huh. head trying to touch your tail straight backwards sure the spine doesn't bend that way for a snake or for humans right yeah so he pushed it back that way so it didn't go back that way because it can't Mm -hmm. So that means it didn't go back nearly far enough. So it went back two or three inches until its spine wouldn't let it go back anymore. So it was able to bounce and it it bit him on his hand. Mm. That's it. Cool story. I will snake bite story (laughs) on YouTube. Did you know that the payoff wasn't going to be that great? Like after you started it? Uh, I mean, you watched a dude get bit by a poisonous snake, bro. Okay. I'm not, I never said this was a good story. I said it bothered me. <laughs> I've made no claims to having any good stories. Do you, think- you ever watch a video and then you're like, is that person alive? Did I just watch someone die? I hope not. YouTube would take that down. Da- YouTube would definitely take that down if that I person's dead now. don't think YouTube. But invest- I'm like the 312th view. Shit. I think I just saw someone die. Uh, I don't watch nearly anything enough that could possibly be that bad. Like, I can't handle anything like that. Yeah, I can't either. That's why I need assurances that they're alive. Yeah. Like, it's. I'm going to say it's hilarious because I'm going to assume this person is still alive. So it's, it's uh, a motorcycle guy wearing a GoPro on his helmet, and there's another motorcycle beside him. And he's on like a three-lane highway, and there's like this big median full of of uh, foliage, and then presumably more lanes going the opposite way. So they're just they're just driving down the road, and then all of a sudden, over the median comes a tire, and it hits the other guy right in the head. 
and he just you know goes down and that's all you see i saw and it's hilarious if you assume that he's fine now yeah i saw the exact if you assume that he's dead i'm a bad person it's the exact same thing that i saw and it was just like a man and a woman walking down the street mm-hmm. and the first time you watch it just out of nowhere this tire just destroys this guy yeah but when you watch it from us because it just replays mm-hmm. you can see it bouncing and just how fucking unlucky this dude is that this yeah. tire that popped off just hits him nails him yeah there's a i remember like back in the very early days of youtube there's a video of it's like a indie car race excuse me and uh the indie car there's like a big crash and this tire flies up into the stands and you just see the sea of people part and like what was this huge crowd in like a second has you know nobody in sight for, for like 40 feet except for one woman who's just like had no idea was like looking down or something and the tire hits her right in the face that she's not okay <laughs> probably not but it's funny it's not it's funny because really she's not. fine she's fine no she's fine i don't think she is man she's uh, fine i just saw one that i really hoped that they were fine so it was two eight-year-old nine-year-old kids and they stuck an apple on the one kid's head and then the other mm-hmm. one has an aluminum baseball bat so you're <sighs> like oh fuck i know exactly what's going on here uh-huh and the kid that's got the apple on his head is like, this is going to go good. And the kid takes the bat and lifts it up and just goes straight down and oh. crushes the apple on top of his head. That's way worse than you thought it was going to be. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and it cuts off right there. So I don't know what's happening. And like, It's just this horrible sound of this skull getting hit Does by this Does it say bat. to be continued and then no. play slap bass? No. Because <laughs> that's a meme. I don't know what that is. It comes from some anime, JoJo's Adventure or something. House three. Yeah, we're at Uh, the end. Their plane goes flawlessly. Immediately they jump into their living room, and Janky's there, and he just shoots him over and over and over again, and then puts the gun in his mouth and pulls the trigger again. And then, like, it's obviously his last bullet. He drops the clip, and then, like, reaches like he has more. Probably because like Lance Henderson's just an action star, and that's what you do as an action star is you reached out for more and loaded in this moment. So it's like the the levers, whatever the slide is back. He has no bullets in it. Then he like points it at him again, and then just drops it. <laughs> it was really awkward. Uh, yeah, and then you they they've spent a lot of this movie like not knowing where the cat is. Yeah. And they're like, we should double check the house one more time. Check the basement, which is the hub of supernatural yeah. activity for Janky. I'm going to send my daughter into the basement alone. Yes, which we know that Janky already had plans to rape and impregnate her. Mm-hmm. Send her down there by herself. Yeah. And then up, he said he found a thumb and some chili, and now he gets a five-year supply of chili. And then the parents are just like, you rapscallion <laughs> with your illegal activities. Uh, defrauding companies what a mean movie with a couple of very awkward parts that don't match the tone at all right and with the most hammy happy ending ever yes like she finds the cat literally the end of the movie is them taking a picture of of them like hey found the cat this movie needed a mean ending right like we needed 
whatever happened, we had to have his giggle at the end of the movie, right? Sure. And that didn't even happen. Yeah. Like, even if the furnace would have popped open and you had furnace and giggle, Mm -hmm. that would have at least been... Yeah. Because the house is for sale. It's just like, oh, whoever comes back to this house is fucked. Yes, exactly. And then you set up for the sequel. Yes, but they... So they thought that they had the sequel. They thought they had this new franchise on their hands, and they didn't even leave it open for it. It's Mm -hmm. bizarre, right? Yeah. I can't figure this movie out in a lot of ways. I enjoy how mean it is, if that makes any sense. Uh, sure. I get where you're coming from yeah. with that statement. Uh, and I really want to see Max Jenke versus Horace Pinker. Okay. One of these days. If you can make it happen, I will watch it. Uh, the guy passed away like 10 years ago. So if you can make it happen, <laughs> I'll watch it. Okay. Uh, anything else we're missing from House 3? Not that I am aware of. Mm. We went through all of my notes. Good. Uh, I don't really have an interstitial here. I feel like we did a lot of banter there. Do you maybe, got anything Maybe we should have saved here? our Thanksgiving for this, but then we wouldn't have had an opening. Mm. I don't know. Let's just delete this and start over. <laughs> okay. House 3. <laughs> uh, house 4? House 4. First... Can I paint a picture for you? This didn't happen, but this had to have happened to someone. Okay. Let's just, for the sake of argument, say it's 12-year-old. Here's the the bridge. Didn't you tell me that there were six of these movies? Yes. I feel like every single time you talk about these movies, there's six of them. Yeah. Are there six of them? Yeah. I looked on IMDb. I see, when I typed in House 3, it was like, do you mean the horror show? I typed in House 5 and House 6. There's nothing. Uh, one is also known as Beyond Darkness, and the other one is like Beyond the Darkness or something. Is it an Italian movie? Maybe. Okay. Yeah, because I think uh, Joe Diamante. No, I'm screwing that up. Y- yes, I think so. Okay. But one is called Beyond Darkness, which I've watched like the first half of and really enjoyed it. Is that sarcasm? No, in like a batshit crazy way that I huh. didn't know that it was House 5, I think. But So why did you stop? If you really enjoyed it, why have you not seen the, the last half of it? Um, I don't know. <laughs> okay. So this has never happened to anybody, but go ahead. Uh, so this has never happened. To, this has absolutely happened to somebody. Okay. It didn't happen to me. Let's just hypothetically say it's me. Okay. <clears throat> The year is 1994. Kurt Cobain has just killed himself. Yep. Uh, That would be 10-year-old Russ is at the video store. Okay. I've manned up in this hypothetical world and watched House because I wasn't scared of the cover. Sure. And I was like, oh, that wasn't so bad. House 2. Oh, my goodness. That was so much fun. That pterodactyl. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Holy shit. There's a House 4? Well, I can't watch House 4 until I see House 3. Mm-hmm. I'll wait until next week and I'll see if they have House 3 in. Oh, no, they don't have House 3 in again. Oh, they don't have House 3 in again. Oh, they don't have House 3 in again. What the fuck? Where is House 3? <laughs> that happened, right? Yeah. Like, there were people that were like, what the fuck? Where is House 3? Because in the United States, they released House 1, House 2. And House the, 4. The, and House 4. Yeah. What the fuck? Like, yeah. how bad would that suck as a 10 or 12-year-old kid in that time? 
Yeah, definitely. Because you're not pulling out your phone to see what the story is, man. No, it's 1994. No, you're asking the bitch behind the counter, and she is 50 years old and just orders from the catalog from Mm -hmm. whatever they think is going to sell and pays $100 for every VHS. It's 1994. All you're pulling out of your pocket, it wouldn't fit in there, but all you're pulling out is your talk boy. Yes. That's it (laughs) at that point. Your talk boy. Do you have a talk boy? Absolutely. I recorded so many radio programs on that. Uh, I've never... Can I make a confession I've never made? Sure. I blame Saxophone Ryan for the... Actually, I thank Saxophone Ryan for this. Okay. Um, so, R- Saxophone Ryan and I used to listen to country music. Mm-hmm. And we listened to K105, the local country music station. Yeah. And every... The thing that was always on the radio on our bus. Yes. And everyone was like... Fucking turn it, and he and like the bus driver's like, it's the only thing keeping me from murdering all of you, <laughs> so I'm gonna keep it on country. <laughs> uh, so every day, right at four o'clock, which is exactly both when Ryan and I, who rode separate buses, mm-hmm. would get off the bus, they would have the backwards music challenge where they would play the snippet of a song backwards. Oh, okay. And you would have to call in and guess, and you would win something, right? Mm-hmm. So. Uh, always tried, never got through, never won. I, I would get through a few times, but I would guess wrong, right? Sure. So, Saxophone Ryan was like, you know what? They've got this thing called a yak backwards, which would, would, they used to be a yak back, mm-hmm. which would be a small version of a talk boy, which yeah. you would record something and then it would say it. I it totally was, remember that. It was literally like a 15-second recorder, mm-hmm. and that's all it did. Yeah. But then they revolutionized it and they came with a talk backwards so you would record something and then it would say it backwards that was like their generation two model right Mm -hmm. and i was like holy shit saxophone ryan might be onto something here so i bought a yak backwards or convinced my parents to buy a yak backwards recorded it and then i was able to listen to the backwards being played backwards so it was right side Mm -hmm. and i won like five or six times this k105 (laughs) thing to the point where they would, they told me that I couldn't win for another month, like because I won like twice in one week or whatever, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, like I would win. I won a CD, I won a DVD, and I won two fifty dollar coupons to the Futon Factory in Fort Wayne. <laughs> the Futon Factory, yeah, Futon Factory, yeah, Futon, Futon, Futon Factory. <laughs> Yep, that was their jingle. That is a true that's, story. That's incredibly creative on their part. Uh, <laughs> like my yeah. my dad was getting annoyed because he would have to go like downtown or wherever the radio station was to pick up my <laughs> CDs and stuff. <laughs> and they started asking people. This this makes me feel old. Mm-hmm. I remember them asking people like, "Okay, you got a guess? Do you have a computer?" Because they would they realized people. That, I was using a yak backwards, but I think other people were using their computer to do it. Mm-hmm. But people would be like, no, I don't have a computer. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, in the background. <laughs> so that is my confession. I hear to you K- logging into AOL. That is my confession to K105 that I <laughs> nefariously. To got. a radio station that doesn't exist anymore. Oh, it doesn't exist? I don't think so, well, does it? I don't know. I'm I not got, up with what's in country. I got a Colin Ray CD, a Colin Ray DVD, two Futon Factory uh, gift cards, and maybe another one. Or that might have been only the four times that I won. Mm. 
But that yak backwards paid itself off. There you go. <laughs> Thanks, saxophone it Ryan. Futons. I don't even know if I've ever told saxophone Ryan that I stole his idea. <laughs> so did you get a futon? No, I didn't. Like, <laughs> no, no, no futon. So you won nothing. No, no, no. Like we went in and the like, futon factory's idea was like, they'll give somebody a $50 gift card that they'll come in and spend $200. Yeah. And we just went in and we like bought a bunch of throw pillows and things <laughs> that were like, nice. Yeah. All right. Yeah. This, so they got nothing out of that. Like I just got way overpriced pillows. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, House four. House four. Synopsis. Uh, have you seen House One? Yes. This is a sequel to House One, except it pre- it's predicated on the fact that you did not see House One. <laughs> it, okay, that's true. Good. Okay, I read the IMDb trivia for this one as well, yes. right? Uh-huh. In the trivia, you know, it's IMDb trivia, so take everything with a grain of salt. It may or may not be true, but it was like. This was conceived from the very beginning as a sequel to the first house movie, mm-hmm. except it's in a different house, and he has a different wife, <laughs> and he has a daughter instead of a son. Other than that, it's a direct sequel. So all of these things, I think, can be justified. So his wife was his ex-wife. Sure. The kid could totally be living with her. Uh-huh. I'm disappointed they never bring him up. They literally could have a throwaway line and I would forgive it, right? Sure. Except how does he have a 12-year-old daughter four years later? Is it four years later? How do we know it's four years later? Well, presumably if each of them took place in like the year in which they came out, as you assume movies do, okay. unless they explicitly say that. Okay. Maybe. Okay. I. Uh, and then the house itself. So... So, if so you, this house comes from his dad instead of his aunt. Correct. And he could totally have had two separate houses with a thing. Again, all they needed to do to make me happy with that, mm-hmm. like they're driving in the car and he's saying something about like my my dad, my grandfather thought that the house had powers. He could be like, I've already went through some shit with a house with powers. Of course, I fucking believe this. Yeah. That's all that. It, like, literally, mm-hmm. he just had to say that. And it made everything okay. If he would have said, been there, done that, that's four words. Been there, done that. Why? Why is Roger Cobb in this movie? (laughs) Because it was was William Cat, dude. They got that name. He shot for two days. That name? He shot for two days. And if if you tell me at any point in this movie... That he was trying to act. Oh, he! I will one hundred percent disagree with you. He uh, he phoned this in so hard. Uh, so he, like Johnny Depp in the fifth Pirates movie, hard. I uh, I was actually surprised. So I watched this movie and I was like, okay, so William Cat was on set for three days. My three days in my head before I read mm-hmm. the IMDb, my three days were basically the the opening scene. Yeah. Like him, him around the house, talking to people, talking to the brother, mm-hmm. the nighttime scene and the fire scene. That's a big day. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, two days. And then I saw at the end where they showed like happy time with the family. Yeah. I was like, okay, three days. And then they had to take photos and stuff. Mm-hmm. No, they condensed that down into two days, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that yeah, was. They had to get a bunch of photos. They had to get. The scene with Burke, the scene in the car, and the scene at the all the yeah. scenes at the end. Well, and the makeup of turning him into a roast marshmallow. Yeah. 
we'll, we'll get there. Okay. So, so we haven't started this movie. So, uh, we okay. My first note: Roger Cobb is back. My second note: and he's gone. <laughs> okay, so uh, we we get Roger Cobb. He again is has a house that he inherited from his grandfather, great grandfather, grandfather, grandfather. But he talks about his father also. His his because his father made a promise to him. Yeah. His grandfather left it to his father. His father left it to him. His grandfather made a promise, and his father kept that promise. Yes. Now it's to him to keep yes. the promise. Uh, and he's not going to sell it. His stepbrother, Burke, really wants to sell the house because mm-hmm. apparently he has a stepbrother. But again, he could totally have had a stepbrother the first time, but people don't go around telling George Went about their stepfather. Sure. This house, however, is in the middle of the fucking George country. Went would tell George Went about his stepfather. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it's in the middle of the fucking country. Has zero impact at all, or has zero relevance to the house in the original movie. Yeah. Uh, this house also, though, is the same interior locations as People Under the Stairs, which mm-hmm. was awesome. Yeah. Um, brother wants, his stepbrother wants to sell. He tells him to go fuck himself. So they drive in the country, and they're having happy family fun time. Mm-hmm. And they get a flat tire. A blowout. Explodes. Mm-hmm. Remember, if you're watching House 4 in 1994, you're like, yes, return to form. We get our hero back. Roger Cobb, we loved him in House. He was our our hero. He's a family man. He got his son back in the first one. He's got a family now. The first one had the perfect happy ending. I am so glad that he is back. Oh, my God. I literally watch him burn to death in a fire as his wife and daughter watch. Mm-hmm. But it gets worse. You don't watch him burn to death. You watch him burn, then he's still yeah. alive. Yeah. He, you watch him burn to pain. He has 100% coverage of third degree burns, mm-hmm. including losing his right leg below the knee. And then you watch his wife sign his life his life support termination paperwork. Mm-hmm. Like eight times throughout this movie. Yes. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. That is I don't like, know. That is like watching a Mr. Bean movie where he dies and then you have to like watch his family. Yeah. It's what? so Mr. Bean was a really weird poll there, but okay. His it's so mean and dark, right? Like yeah. it's why is it Roger Cobb? It could just be a dude. And then we like we don't care when he dies. I not that I cared when Roger Cobb died. All I like and he's gone. That's all. That's but, all. I but thought. if you were a ten-year-old kid, like you, there's somebody that houses there. You know how I love Ernest Scared Stupid. Sure. It's my go-to. House is absolutely somebody's, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. would you want to see Ernest fucking burnt to a crisp? <laughs> I mean, if you did, he'd be back in the next scene. <laughs> they make a so, Desmond Tutu joke. It's so fucked up. Like, I can't get over thinking about why they would so mean do it. Like, I get. I get the idea of having somebody show up at the beginning or show up just to have that name on there, right? Uh-huh. But to fucking go down so but How mean. is that a name? Is this guy like a guy? He was he was, yeah. Okay. He was he had a TV show called The Greatest American Hero and that was probably oh, in between. Yeah, them. that's him. So, yeah, yeah, that was probably a get. There was okay, people yeah. would people would get this movie because he was in it for sure. Sure. Um so I get why they did it, but to do it so mean, that is, it's weird. And the movie isn't, the the movie, 
we'll talk more about, but the movie is so tonally bizarre, man. Like this is so dark that they do this. Like it would almost be a joke. Like if this was, if they turned this, if they followed in house three's footsteps and they made this a really mean movie, that would almost be humorous. It's like if at the beginning of home alone, the dad got burnt to a crisp. (laughs) Yeah. Or fuck They had Macaulay Culkin's funeral. Right. And then like his brother took over for him. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't going to kill the kid dark, but because then house, like, we it's kill just kids like in house. a wacky haunted shenanigans movie. Yeah. I guess it's not, a, I mean, it's not, it's not house two wacky. House two is wacky. This uh, one is just like, are they going for like weird and fun or are they going for weird and fucked up yeah because i feel like they're failing on both uh it's it's weird uh so we talked about his brother his -hmm. stepbrother right uh and we know he's a douchebag just from his interaction but also there's a native american man that shows up and he greets him by saying how and putting his (laughs) hand up and i was like whoa you throw in some racism in there too bro sure uh but william cat gets a sick burn because he says something like, you're going to have to live with yourself by not selling this house. And William Cat's like, yeah, but you got to live with wearing that hat. Yeah. And I was like, Justin wears that hat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't wear that hat. It wears a close hat to that. Yeah. Uh, I'm not I, allowed to wear it to work. Before I'm not allowed to wear it at work. I could wear it to work, but what's the point? So I, wear it, I don't wear it as much now. I'm sorry. It's sad. It was a part of me, and then now it's not. Uh, so knowing how these movies are like house two we've said you could probably watch with your kid right sure yeah i had to watch this and i was like maybe i'll watch this with my kid so i looked at the parents guide and the parents guide first of all have you ever looked at parents guides no they kind of turn every movie into like a porno (laughs) like they really (laughs) dissect because they dissect it yeah sure this movie has the weirdest i did a screenshot the single weirdest parents guide thing ever and this is under violence and gore. Okay. The weirdest six sentence ever devoted to IMDb. Okay. A woman violently stabs a pizza. <laughs> it's accurate. true. It is true. But when I'm reading that, having not seen the movie, I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? What am I getting ready to watch? That the violence section needed to say that a woman violently stabs a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... It's accurate. Yeah, it's completely accurate. 100%. <laughs> All right. So so he he's dead at this point, right? Yeah. And the daughter is now crippled. She is. And, and you go ahead. In an old-timey wheelchair. In an old-timey wheelchair. That's the Why? exact thing that I wrote. Yeah. Why does she have an old-timey wheelchair? I don't know. It doesn't even have handles. Did they get I could get if they got this from that house cuz the whole point is that sure. house is old. Yeah, but, but she show shows it up in the corner the at one point. With that. What? Show it to the corner at one point. Yeah, and Roger Something. Cobb should be successful, right? Like, I, I don't know his, where his finances have gone, but the whole point was he was a successful writer. Yeah. Maybe he never wrote the Vietnam story. Maybe he didn't. I don't and know. But I he, think this is another banquet, example. This script couldn't have been a Roger. banquet meals and bankrupted on banquet. <laughs> this this script could not have been a Roger Cobb script right this movie according to imdb it was originally conceived as a sequel to house that's can't that's fucking crazy there's no way this was written with roger cobb 
I didn't give me I a didn't, rewrite. Give me a rewrite. I, I didn't think House it. Three was ever a house movie. I thought that that was, I thought that that was like uh, Die Hard Four, where they take a script and they're like, "Well, what if we put John McClane in this?" I thought this was a movie that they were like, uh, "There's a house in it, so uh, how about we just call it House Three? And like, uh, no, it's this completely other thing. It's I just thought it was the Troll Two of the House series. Sure, no, uh. I have a theory that ever, because so so they need to make a cut of House that ends with the big first ten minutes of this movie just to totally tear you away from the happy ending <laughs> just so you see how he dies and then I want every movie in theory every movie that's ever been made could totally end with showing you how those characters die sure I want to make that happen I want every movie to tell me how they die. You want a fan edit of every movie? Yes. There was a uh, a friend had a, a thing. It was like a. Uh, it was a, a, some history show or something, right? Sure. And uh, they told the story and then they have the, the ends where they tell you exactly what happened to everybody. The Animal House ending. Uh, I don't know, but this was a history thing. Okay. I've never seen Animal House. I haven't either, but I know it as the Animal House ending. Okay. So. Uh, it's the end of this documentary type thing, and they tell you what happened to everybody. Sure. And they saved this on their DVR for the longest time, and I wish I f- took a picture of it because it was incredible. Because it said, uh, so-and-so lived until the age of 24 where she fell off a horse and died. <laughs> and you had just spent like an hour watching this documentary about this person just to fucking have that like bummer of an ending. Not only bummer, but like, can I get some context yeah. here? Yeah. Like, a maybe that should have been in your documentary. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck just happened? I don't know. I'm worried that I can. It just jumped off. Well, I stepped on my. Oh, I stepped on that cord. I think. Are it's we still, still recording? I think it's still recording. Me, don't say anything for a minute. I'm not talking. I'm talking. Say something. This is me talking. Me talking. I think we're good. Okay. I like violently stepped. I on really my... hope we don't have to re-record this episode. We're gonna be good. Okay. We're gonna be good. Okay. Anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, I want to see that because that's totally, imagine how much you could ruin a little kid. Like, oh, house, that was fun. There's Roger Cobb burned. Vinny died of AIDS. <laughs> Vinny died of AIDS. At age 30. Oh, it's so sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway. Poltergeist would just be like, oh, that would the, be. The ending would be longer than the whole movie. Oh, man. The land before time, everybody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so uh, we we know Burke's a douchebag. Mm-hmm. They move into the house. Yes. Where are we at from there? Uh, Marissa McCarthy shows up. Yes. Uh, what is her name? Verna Clump. Clump, yes. Verna Clump. That was the inspiration for the Nutty Professor. I'm sure, yeah. Not, you know, the... Not the, the Nutty Professor? Not the Nutty Professor. The, okay. Richard, Richard, I'm Richard Lewis, Jerry Lewis. Richard Lewis was a different person. They're both dead, though. Uh, I don't know. She's she's weird and and shady, so you don't trust her. Marissa she's, McCarthy. She said she's going to be the housekeeper. Yes, that she was hired to be the housekeeper. Uh, and she rummages through shit. Yep. Uh, uh, what's the wife's name? I don't know. Roger Cobb's wife? Yeah. That's her name. Okay. 
So uh, RCW uh, goes into the kitchen and uh, goes down to the basement and is like, what's going on down here? Yeah, what's going on? I've got a flashlight. Oh, fuck, there's a rat. Yeah. And then, oh, fuck, there's like something weird down here. I'm going to go back up. Hold on. Before she does that, so she sees there's a rat. Loses mm-hmm. her shit and drops the flashlight because there's a rat in the basement. Yeah. The, the, it falls in between boards. Uh-huh. So she blindly sticks her hand into this hole. Right. Instead of moving the loose boards. But but she was scared of a rat that she could see. <laughs> yes, that's And then true. blindly stuck her hand somewhere. What mm-hmm. the fuck? Nobody does that. Idiots do that. Ugh. So she runs upstairs. Mm-hmm. What happens at this moment? Uh, so she like comes down. And she goes into the other room. <laughs> and sitting at the table is a dark-haired person in the kitchen. Just like on the uh, on the left-hand side of the frame. Yeah, on the left side of the frame. The people that we know. So I rewound this like four times. because I got I didn't see it. You, you sent me that message. And then I was like, oh, fuck. I think I might be past that. I was at like, I was 10 minutes ahead of that already. Yeah. And I was like, shit, he told me to rewind and go back at 24 minutes because I need to see something. Which we don't do. Like, pretty much. No, we we rarely talk before the podcast. Yes, exactly. This, I felt, was particularly important because I knew you could miss it. Mm-hmm. But I had so many questions here. So I, I see somebody sitting at the kitchen table mm-hmm. fucking sorting dishes, probably going over or a script. setting the table or prob- something? Or setting props right or going over the script mm-hmm. in reality yeah and i'm like what the f- who is that so i keep going through and i'm trying to figure out in my head who else could in, in the movie right who else is in the house there's only three people in the house there's clump rcw and uh rcd rcc c child daughter makes more sense <laughs> continue uh See, and I'm so fucking confused, and I feel like this has to be a fuck up. It's a dark-haired person. IMDb goofs say that it's a woman. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a man, but you just—I thought it was a woman. You just get a quick glimpse of it. Mm-hmm. It's obviously a crew member or something fucking sitting at the kitchen table doing something, and it made its way into the movie. Yeah, what and the fuck? She's completely oblivious. She's she has no doing, idea they're filming she's a doing movie. Her shit. Yes, yeah. exactly. Like, I was. There's a camera moving around. <laughs> Somebody yelled action. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, what the hell? And they made it into the movie. That like, she, she has to know that, you know, that the actor's going to come through here. <laughs> but also, did they only do one take? I don't know. Did, is there a commentary for this movie? I don't know. I feel like there's got to be a commentary that needs... There's a lot of text on that. I'll find out later. I if, I feel like if there is, we should probably cut this off right now and and go watch it, just uh, for that part. Keep talking then. Uh, but yeah, it's just like this brunette woman, and like okay, if that's what this movie was, like spooky shit like that, just like peep, random people appearing in the movie, it would have been a way better movie. There's audio commentary with the producer. Oh, this is the case for House Three. Well, how is that helpful? I. Don't- Let's just pause I'll my, I'll d- and assume that there's audio commentary and go listen to it. Okay, so we're back yeah, having we looked at the it. audio commentary uh-huh. uh, and have so many answers. Yep. 
Except we don't. We both figure we actually we both did find an answer, but it was because we rewatched a part of the movie. Yes. Uh, so first, the audio commentary credit is just for the director, but there's mm-hmm. obviously someone there that is just trying to coax him to actually say some shit because he just wants to sit there and watch his own movie because he probably hasn't watched it in twenty years. <laughs> You know, so it's like a, a nostalgia trip for him. Yeah. Not a great commentary from the f- three minutes that we watched it. No. Uh, enjoyable moment was when he said they had a rat wrangler. Yeah. And <laughs> they showed up with a rat. Yeah. I wanted more rats, but you only had one rat. <laughs> uh, so then it comes to the part. And they're talking about the they're composer. About the fucking music. And they <laughs> walk right by it. And I realized even watching it right there, I realized how horrible it is because the the woman runs in she s- throws the flashlight under the sink mm-hmm. shuts the door stands there looks over presumably seeing this woman sitting at the table yeah and runs past her and then i know i noticed that the lady looks just very briefly at the camera or like glances in the direction of the crew but that's obviously behind the camera what the fuck I yeah. have no answers to this. And my, apparently my TV has more, um, not overhang, uh, it over stretches it. So I got to see more of her on your TV. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. She's in like, I thought she was in like the left 3%. She's definitely in the left like 7% oh, for, of yeah, that Yeah, frame. it's left 7%. Yeah. I mean... Enough that it's small that you could miss it when you're yeah. watching it, but enough that there's no way you should miss it when you're editing a fucking movie. Yeah. No. Nobody spent their time pouring themselves into that movie and didn't see it. So we have no answers. We, I apologize, no, audience. Nothing. These are huge questions that I really <laughs> feel like I want answered. Uh, and I'm disappointed now. On the bright side, I don't care about this movie, so I don't have much to say. Uh I it, it's weird. Okay, so so we skipped over that that he made a blood oath. That's that was the key words here. Mm-hmm. He made a blood oath to never get rid of that, right? Yeah. And it's never because Ezra, uh the Native American, is he a shaman? Maybe a shaman? I think he's just a dude. He feels like maybe I'm being racist here. I think the movie's being racist, but it's like, oh, they all know that shit. Yeah. I don't know. Something I I'm I'm giving this this is a point for the end, but I kind of love very much at the end. They're like, there's these fucking, there's mystical shit going on. Mm-hmm. And this dude who in theory in any every movie would be a shaman is like, you should call the fucking police. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's not talking about his ancestors burial grounds. He's like, call the police. You dumb hoe. Yeah. So the premise of the movie is Roger Cobb. Uh, his spirit is trapped in the, house because it's like this center for healing uh but his his spirit can't move on because uh his life was taken from him by someone else yes so things start to go weird in the house but Mm -hmm. i don't even feel like they go that weird it's more like she starts getting weird feelings is Uh basically all that happens right yeah like some goo comes out of the thing so she calls the plumber yes the plumber's like everything's fine yes and i wish this was plumber al the adventurer but he is not his only shtick is that he has dirty hands mm-hmm. pretty boring and he wasn't in cheers yeah missed opportunity movie definitely you could have righted a wrong that was mm-hmm. that preceded yeah. you you didn't do that yeah I this mean, could have Fraser, been ted danson 
This is what, 94? Fraser had probably just started. I feel like you could have still gotten Kelsey Grammer. Ted Danson would have been fine. Yeah. Rhea Perlman. Mm-hmm. She could have been Marissa McCarthy. Yeah. But she wasn't. You, you keep saying that. She looks nothing like Melissa McCarthy. She's a heavyset blonde woman. Melissa McCarthy isn't blonde. She is in my head. <laughs> I don't know that I've ever seen her blonde. Okay, wait. I think in that Justin... Uh, you would you would buy from there, right? Just yeah. to do that, sure. Just to hair. As long sling. as my pizzas didn't come to life. Yeah, because theirs does, and she has to violently is it the, stab. Is it. it the pizza guy that's in the pizza? Because I think it's funny because the, the somebody's credit as pizza man, and I was like, he's a pizza man who's also a pizza. Oh, man. Oh, so you're saying was it the delivery guy? Yeah, I don't know. It could have been, I suppose. Yeah. That would have been good. It'd be good if he was the pizza man, but he was also the pizza man. It seems like they could have saved themselves uh, a little bit of money, too, by hiring him for the day. Yeah. Uh, maybe. I hope so. There's for... just somebody listed as pizza man in the credits, so. Is there a delivery guy listed in the credits? I don't think so. So I would assume that that's got to be the same guy, right? Uh, then we start really getting into the nitty gritty of what Burke's plan is, right? Yeah. So we, we know that he's got like he's got a couple henchmen with him all the time because mm-hmm. he's trying to get her to sell the house. Yeah. He's got plans. So he's at a, a factory and there are people that apparently their uniform. So you've established your uniform at work doesn't allow you to wear your hat. Mm-hmm. Their uniform allows them not to wear a shirt because it's dudes without shirts, but with with a big. Gas rubber masks. apron and gas mask spray painting over the top of barrels that say toxic waste they say non-toxic waste so they're adding a non on there because mm-hmm. that would fool anyone yep and their business venture of toxic waste which is I, toxic waste do that does anybody actually that is producing toxic waste call it toxic waste i think they would just call it waste yeah or byproduct right like yeah. they would try to come up with some some term to make mm-hmm. it nice right like or fish food <laughs> something yeah, exactly yeah. fertilizer yeah <laughs> uh and this is ran by a phlegm ridden dwarf 
mm-hmm. is in charge of this factory that seemingly is a factory just producing toxic waste? What else does this do? What is their bi- actual business? I don't know, but you said phlegm and you made me think of the scene in my uh, brain. It's actually, for what it's trying to accomplish, is actually pretty fucking amazing. So this is a dwarf that obviously suffers some some physical maladies in real life, right? Mm -hmm. And he has tapioca pudding in his mouth and starts coughing. And then they end up using his trach to suck phlegm into a beaker. Into a (laughs) phlegmomatic. And uh, to... To punish Burke for the fact that he has not yet convinced RCW to sell the house, they pour said phlegm down his throat. And the sheer fact that you're having any reaction like this proves that this is an effective scene. It's not as bad as the batter scene, but it's close. I want to see a movie centered around this guy, man. Sure. Also, he was like... It was all shot in a way that was like very cartoonish and fun. It didn't match the rest of the movie. Nope. This felt like it belonged in the Hooded Fang movie. <laughs> sure. Like, <laughs> there's no phlegm scenes in Jacob Tutu, though. No. There should have been more phlegm. Most movies could do better with more phlegm. Yeah. I'm sure Bret Hart could conjure up some phlegm. Mm-hmm. Uh,. So we know that that's the root of this evil is this phlegmy dwarf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, this phlegmy dwarf. <laughs> Am I wrong? She stabs a pizza. This phlegmy dwarf. Dwarf. <laughs> okay, so uh, we you're checking out right now. Stay with me here, okay? I'm gonna vomit. So phlegmy dwarf sends two of his henchmen. So we follow this phlegm scene. With a sort of comedic scene in which two of his henchmen, one is dressed like a well, snake. These are bur- and well, that's why one wears a cobra mask and one wears a fly mask. And then later, one's scared of bugs and one's scared of snakes. Mm-hmm. And then they shoot each other because they think there's a bug and one thinks it's a snake. But how do you know that they don't work for the dwarf also? I felt like they it was just... Burke. Are you sure? Because he stole all this candy. He was like, would you like some candy? And henchman one, like Burke takes one, henchman one takes one, henchman two takes a whole handful. I, so That's how you know. And also the other henchmen that work for him fucking put guns to their head. And then in the phlegm scene. So I still felt like they were all employed by the dwarf, but. Uh, no, I think they have some sort of business relationship. He was like. Hey, I got a I got a thing that I can sell you where you can dump your toxic waste because he's gonna pump all the water out of the underground river, and then they can put the toxic waste in there. So how does Burke peasy. afford to pay for henchmen? What else is Ben is Burke's shit that he's got going on that he needs henchmen for? Near as I can tell, the only nefarious, thing he's got is this house. Nefarious activities. What? He's not doing anything. Murdering his stepbrother. He does do that. Yeah, he does do that. Spoiler. Spoiler alert. He, he murdered Roger Cobb. Um, so they they break into the house to scare this paraplegic little girl. Yeah. To make them think that they're going to kill her mm-hmm. in a funny way. Yeah, they're they're bumbly. And then like it's a comedic chase scene because a, a 
dog lamp comes to life. We forgot about the dog lamp. And so it like bites one of them in the ass, and then they jump out a window. There, and then the dog follows them by jumping out the window, and it turns out he's still ceramic. And this dog apart. we've established as a lamp. Mm-hmm. But to give real context, this is a Rottweiler, yeah. a live Rottweiler. Mm-hmm. With a lamp on its With head. With a tiny little lamp that they've stuck to his head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they're attacking an 11-year-old girl. With a baseball bat. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they killed her father, and we saw her father's charred body. Uh-huh, and they push her down the stairs. Yes. It's a family picture. What is this tone of this movie, man? <laughs> Not as bad as horror show, but maybe worse at the same uh, time? Okay, so uh, around this time we realize kind of the shenanigans that are happening around the house isn't necessarily a bad thing. This is Roger. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. They jump out. She falls down the stairs. And then she's like, oh my God, takes her to the emergency room. Whatever. She comes back and she realizes that Roger's there. She goes to bed. Uh, Roger, you know, pulls the covers over her. Cause the, and shuts the, she shut, he shuts the window, pulls the cover over her. And then we cut to morning. The window that they jumped out is boarded up. So did he board up the window? Oh, this was Roger. Too? Yeah, I mean he's been the <laughs> handyman. <laughs> uh, and then like he wakes up, or she wakes up, and he runs the projector of like old family films from them, but they're also projected in the middle of space. Not on a wall or anything, just like yeah, in the middle of just, space. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's, it well, he's it holding looks, a he's holding look, a ghost sheet. It <laughs> looks like a bad like future movie, right? Yes, where this is their future screen, like from the nineties. Yeah, it's like a hologram. Their future screen, yeah. It, it's a two D hologram. Yeah. Except it was just an eight millimeter projector. Yes. So here's the problem that I have with this, and then I'll segue into something a little bit more serious. Roger Cobb in this world is a ghost. Mm -hmm. He can manipulate the physical world. He can grab a hold of the sheets, pull it, right? This is the prequel to Ghost. This happens in lots of movies. Ghosts can close things, open things, right? Mm -hmm. Why don't ghosts pick up a fucking pen and write, I am Roger. Here is today's winning lotto numbers. (laughs) Watch the movie Ghost and it'll all make sense. Like It takes such energy. He had to push the penny up the wall. Have you not seen him push the pen? Have you seen Ghost? No. We should watch Ghost for this because Ghost is more and Whoopi Goldberg get it on because he took over her body. Um, yes, but it's not the clay scene. And then they don't get it on. But yeah, there's a part where he possesses her, and they and, embrace or whatever, right? Yeah, and yeah. I th- I think they kiss. But you know, it's like 1990, so they can't have Demi Moore and Whoopi Goldberg actually kiss. So they. It becomes Patrick Swayze in that moment, but then you realize, two women just kissed. Holy shit. It's 1990, and my little mind is blown. Okay, fluid recording. Yeah. The point of the story is House 4 sucks. (laughs) House 4 is a bizarre... Again, the tone of this entire series is Mm -hmm. so fucked up. That's the theme for the series. None none of the movies stick a tone. No, none. It, It... Every single one has horrific, horrific moments. Not horrific like scary, Mm -hmm. horrific like traumatic. Sure, yeah. 
And this doesn't disappoint with the trauma. <laughs> she yells at her about anchovies. <laughs> very <She> traumatic. <laughs> it's not a good parenting moment right there. Um, house three or house four? House four is just boring for the most part, I feel. So I think I got to say house three. I would agree with house three. My original game plan, like really going through these movies, was like this is like a hundred and sixty, hundred and seventy dollar box set now. Mm-hmm. And you just wanted to be able to watch the movies. I wanted to watch them and then sell it. Gotcha. And I'm like, I feel like I got a pretty good reverence for these movies. I don't think I'm going to be moving on this thing. There you go. I feel good about it. So, house series, you're sticking with me. Yeah, we'll we'll watch the rest of you. I'm sure. All right, next week. Next week, big one. 100. It's a big deal. It's a that's hundo. A, that's accomplishment, right? It's a Benjamin of episodes. That's crazy. Like, that was kind of the milestone when we set, like, yeah. to whether we succeeded or not. Right. I if think we hit in, triple digits. If we hit triple digits. This is where I had you name on the files with a zero before. And I did that a solid 87% of the time. A solid 67% of the time. Mm, that seems questionable. You, since we switched to, you just put it in the Google Drive folder. I know what you're going to say. Go ahead. Since we switched from you email them to me to you just drop them in the Eagle in the uh-huh. Eagle Drive, the Google Drive folder. No. You like don't even put the numbers on them anymore. No, I do. I've checked it. I don't know what, ha- like I save it as those. And then when it transfers over there, it's not. I've looked because you said that to me one day and I yeah. was like, that doesn't seem right. So I'm. I look at the file. Hmm. I know it says zero nine zero. Whatever the title is. Yeah. And then once it shows up in the Google Drive folder, it's just the what title. Is it, when it's in your Google Drive folder, what does it look like? It doesn't have the 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 number. So just right click and rename. I suppose I could do that. Because that's what I do literally every time. <laughs> right click, rename. It somehow loses .mp3, so I have to put .mp3 at the end and have to put zero nine zero dash mm-hmm. yeah so yeah it's still saved that the minutiae of making a podcast <laughs> let's we're gearing up everybody to get excited <laughs> for episode 100 let's talk about saving files episode 100 an entire behind the scenes episode <laughs> where we just bitch at russ make the audio better <laughs> um push the magic button so we I had a whole bunch of different things, right? Sure. Like, we really tried hard, and I figured we we need to do something great. We need to deal with greatness for 100. Oh, wow. Like, we don't do that. We didn't Because normally that. we deal with shit. We didn't. So we need to deal. With Eli Roth movies. We, we need to deal with greatness, and we need to solve some problems, and we're getting the whole gang together, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to be, everybody's going to be here. The whole Remake yeah. Me family is going to be here. So we're going to solve some problems and really have some some deep discussions, uh, and we need quality. Okay. So that's what we're So we're do. looking at the Michael Jordan of horror movies. Uh, Just uh, utter greatness. I'm, well, we, we've, we've delved into questionably horror things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think... If we ever do another podcast, Questionably Horror is a great title. (laughs) It is, actually, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So we're definitely going to veer off the horror thing, but I think it's worth it because of the (laughs) problems. good. For episode 100, let's not do what our podcast is. Um, But So I think think it's important enough that we have to do it. Okay. Okay? So keep that in mind. 
uh, as we present it. And I think that uh, our audience and the quality of the films Mm -hmm. is going to surpass the fact that they're not all necessarily horror. Okay. All right. How many are we doing, by the way? You haven't told me that. Two? Okay. Can you handle that? I hope so. Okay. First movie. First movie. Wow, I thought that you were, like, fucking lying to me. Nope. Just being, like, complete bullshit. All right. Uh, On Blu-ray, DVD, and digital HD from Blumhouse, you know what it is. Get out. Uh, Like, let's take horror out of the equation. Exactly, that's One of the best movies of the past five years Mm -hmm. or better. Definitely. Nothing else needs to be said. You know what it is. I know you know. Yeah. But we haven't really, really discussed it, right? Right. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it passes just the horror genre, right? Mm-hmm. It's important to talk about. Yeah. Um, and we're going to do that. We're going to solve race again. We're going to do it this time. <laughs> we're going to uh, get saxophone Ryan and Ben, <laughs> and we're going to say, hey, Let's solve racism. Yes. And it's going to happen. We're going to do it's it. For extremely white people. Um, so, knowing that that's, knowing the lead up that I've given you, mm-hmm. knowing that that's the first title. Yeah. What is of that caliber mm-hmm. in, that's that's that important. Yeah. That speaks that much mm-hmm. that we could be pairing it with. Let's see. Could it be the thing that I said you should pair it with immediately after an episode a couple weeks ago? No. It's not? Nope. That was a good idea, damn it. It was a good idea, and I was going to run with that idea, Uh huh. and then I got this idea, so I was like, you you definitely had a good idea. Okay. Uh, Remember, transcend genre at this point. Transcend genre. Remember, because that's definitely a horror movie. Uh Uh-huh. Something that transcends genre that really... I'm going to guess that it really solves, it's going to help us solve racism in America. It's not racism. It's going to help us solve a huge problem. Oh. Not race. Oh. This, we're doing that with one movie. We don't, we're, this is going to be a multifaceted hmm. episode. What major problem? Are we going to solve the Me Too movement? Are no. we going to solve sexual harassment? Nope. And predatory assholes? Nope. You got to give me a clue. You've had Are we going to watch Clue? <laughs> That'll help us solve something. That's awesome. <laughs> I should have just like not had something picked out and then just make you guess like and then your 27th guess I'm just going to that's good's going to be. Yeah. Um, I've no idea. Okay. You I've never it. seen Clue by the way. I've never seen Clue. We should make that happen cuz it's horrorish. Yeah. It's a horror comedy. So you know this movie. I don't know how many of our listeners are going to know it. Okay. Um, and this is actually a fan-made poster that I'm going to show you to start with. Okay. Okay. Second movie. Se- <laughs> what do you got there, Justin? <laughs> you know what? What? I've got a, a decently well-made poster here. It's not terrible. Yeah. For something I'm sure you slapped together. I did. It's really good. Thanks. Uh, I, I appreciate the, the, <laughs> the background there. Yeah. Uh, two people locked in a trap called hate. <laughs> <laughs> a film by Justin Daniel. Mm-hmm. 
Little Lazarus. Little Lazarus. What is Little Lazarus, Justin? Little Lazarus is a movie I made my senior year of high school. Uh, our senior year of high school? Sure, our senior year of high school. But I was already talking in personal <laughs> <I know>. pronouns. <laughs> uh, it's a movie I made in our senior year of high school uh, that, I don't know, we won some awards. Uh, it, it, it's very surface level. It is... It is that's not, up for it, us to decide. We oh, will okay. we will dive into this. Okay, it <laughs> it it is a movie about uh, a kid that gets bullied in school. Okay, good. Uh, I would ask you what we're going to see with that movie, but I mm-hmm. think you've got a good idea. I've I've got a pretty good idea. So I've got a pretty good idea of looking at things and going. <laughs> ah, Should have cut there, like. 10 seconds earlier before I did. You went to the Don Mancini School of Filmmaking where yeah. you're like, need that establishing that, yeah, shot. Need that shot a little longer. <laughs> Can we start like 45 seconds? Yeah. So uh, we, we don't do a great job about asking this in every episode. Mm-hmm. What is going to be a better movie? Get Out or Little Lazarus, Justin? <sighs> okay. I saw both of these in a the theater. <laughs> Here's what I can tell you about my experience in, in those two movies. Okay. One, I went and saw with a friend. Uh, Get Out, we went and saw with a friend. Mm-hmm. We had a really good time. Uh, I think I've talked about on the podcast how it great, made the experience better when we had people yelling at the at the screen mm-hmm. doing uh, exactly the, th- the thing that I'm sure Jordan Peele was thinking they were going to do yes. the whole time making yep. the movie. Uh, and the other one, I made a French director cry. So you made a French director cry. Yeah, there was a director from France uh, at the, the award show. Uh, my movie was it's a short film. It's like seven minutes. Mm-hmm. It was the only they showed clips and everything of every one. Mm-hmm. It was the only one that was shown in its entirety. And like this director who was like in from France to accept some award was like like teared up. That's awesome. I don't expect it to hold up. No. It was me at my eight, at T8, 17, 18 yearistness. Mm-hmm. The so, most 17, 18 year olds. So Get Out or Little Lazarus? Uh, I'm going to assume that Get Out is a better movie. I haven't seen both. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's been a while since I've, since I've seen Little Lazarus. Yeah. You're fully detached now. You can appreciate it the way that the rest of us appreciate sure. it, right? Yeah, like it, you, you don't. I'll try see my best it. to step away. Yeah, exactly. I forgot to mention I also star in this movie. <laughs> I or co-star. Uh, co-star. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to yeah. take that away from anybody. With my uh, leather jacket. Do you remember who makes uh, a cameo in this movie? I do know who makes a cameo in this movie. Do we want to spoil it? Mm-hmm. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Russ has a cameo. Are you the one that gets her backpack? caught i don't think so somebody gets their backpack caught like they're they're walking out and uh they're like walking out the door and they get their backpack caught on a chair and have to like go back and yank it out and then still like walk out smoothly so one of the questions since this will be the first time that we have the director in the studio with Mm us uh when we get there remind me to ask the director Mm -hmm. what made him decide to keep that shot okay was it just more real or what what was that well we will talk all about it i'm sure when we have the director here good 
for the 100th episode. Yes. So so that's our big 100. Mm-hmm. You excited about this prospect of these two films, Justin? I am excited. But I would wonder how much you peaked the mic with your clapping there. I don't think it did it either time. Hmm. Hmm. That's good. Justin, what else you got for us? This is the worst one ever. You laughed at what I did before. <laughs> How I have nothing to reference. Fizzle thip. Remember when? Remember that that callback? It's a callback from earlier in the episode when I said fizzle thip. <laughs>